I'm Gab, he's Jules. Still no idea what the weather is like <laughs> in London. But it don't matter because we're here. We're yes. in Doha, where actually care the weather is. It's actually mild. It's very it's nice. Sweat. Sorry, guys. Very nice. Uh, but so much going on. We're going to talk about Brazil. I just came back from the Brazil game. Yeah. Neymar uh, injured, but so much else going on because obviously we've got Germany against Japan. Ikazo, ah, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love of it. Of course. Japan winning. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into Cristiano, first man to score in five, five. different World Cups. How about that? Portugal beating Ghana 3-2. So much going on. Belgium as well. Squeaker, heartbreak for Canada. But Jules, let's get right into it with Brazil. Yeah. Because I was at this game against Serbia. And, you know, Brazil, obviously the favorites. Last team to come out and play Brazil and Serbia. And I thought in that first half, even though Brazil came out to no winners in the second, in the first half, Serbia shut them down, but I think with a lineup at the cost of counterattack. Yeah. We had the lowest XG of any game in this World Cup. Yeah, it felt like the Serbia team had prepared to defend well, but had no idea how to attack Brazil. And I think this, this is fine. This is fine. Maybe you play for a draw, and maybe you're thinking in the second half we can be maybe a little bit more expensive, but it really felt like, okay, we've prepared all of this just to make sure that they don't score. It was slow from Brazil. I think the the passing was slow. It was a bit sloppy at times. They were clearly trying to move the ball, so to move the, 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 the Serbian block. But there was something, even if they had a couple of half chances, there was something missing really in that first half. I'm going to get back to Serbia and the things that they could have done wrong because of focus on Brazil, because I know. And I don't want to pick on Dragan Stojkovic. I'm sure growing up, he was a legend of yours, yes? He played, he played for Matra Racing in Paris when my dad was a club doctor. So, yeah, so there you go. Um, <laughs> but Brazil, leaving aside what Serbia did, I thought they fell really short because you have to have a plan, right? Yeah. And when I look at the way they set up, other than Vinicius, who I thought was always a threat mm -hmm. down the left. You look in the first half, what few good things happened, happened with Vinicius yeah. really taking on that, that, that left-hand side um, up against Zivkovic, who yeah. clearly couldn't keep up with him and dragging Milenkovic across. But elsewhere, Rafinha, I thought, a ghost. Neymar, he, he had that one, he had one opportunity in the box where then he lost the ball. Mm. Other than that, ethereal, the packet who in these situations, if the one-on-ones aren't happening, it's got to be the packet who yeah. creates something, yeah, yeah. also nullified. And yeah, we can praise Serbia for playing well. That has to be a little bit of a concern, right? Maybe. I mean, I think it's the first game. I, I thought they, was always gonna, they, were always, they were always going to need a bit of time to get into that game. There's that pass from Casemiro, I think it was for Vinicius, that's just a little bit overhead, otherwise it's one-on-one and maybe can, and maybe can score. But you also knew in the second half when Serbia was going to tire that Brazil would give him more control and then add pressure and more pressure. And in Ser the, Serbia, the Serbians could not keep the ball up in that second half and it was all about Brazil then. I mean, I think what makes this Brazil team so effective is that, all right, there's a game plan. There's a game plan. There's Paqueta pulling, pulling the strings. There's coordinated movements. But when the game plan doesn't work, you always have the option of the one-on-ones. Yeah. You know, we, we can complicate. Yeah, yeah, of yeah, course. It's not just, you know, moments of genius. And we saw a little bit in the second half from Neymar. We saw a little bit from Vinicius. We saw a little bit from, from Richarlison, yeah. who I thought also had a very quiet first half. Um, and when you have that, 
then you create an overload and you score. And that is what happened when on they the took first the lead. Goal, yeah. I mean, Neymar but only Neymar is capable of that, I think, in that team. In in this in that part of the pitch, I mean, not not wide like a Rafinha one v one or like a Vinicius one v one, but where they're so congested of players, only Neymar can do that. And thing. it looked like they're terrified of fouling him. Of course. And he's using that space. And then what I love, he doesn't even pass the ball to Vinicius. It's almost like Vinicius comes in and says, "No, no, I got this. I got the shot." And he takes it, and then obviously. Vanya Milinkovic Savic who'd been so good to that point yeah. spills it and Richarlison puts it away and then it's simple and then at that point I think Serbia they don't have answers no and then they make a few changes they, they change their shape of course Vlaovic comes on to make that front two with Mitrovic that I thought had to start and I just think that I think it was a shame that he didn't go for it a bit more Serbia and well, that's why I'm disappointed but then after that you're right it was, okay. it was always going to be a matter of time before Brazil scores the second one I, I was going to leave it the Serbia discussion, but I, th I think we do have to approach this a little bit because about how you counter Brazil. If you're going to be deeper, right, and I have Mitrovic, okay, Warrior, whatever, not a good game from him, but Mitrovic, you know, about as mobile as the, the studio that we're in, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You have Tadic, a little bit more mobile, but also now in his 30s, supposed to be the link guy. Effectively, the third part of that front three was... SMS, who, again, not fast. Definitely and not I, fast. I mean, once he gets moving, because he has a big body and he moves the big legs, but certainly not quick. Yeah. The only counter, I mean, there was one, the, the, the one counter they had in the first half was actually Zivkovic running down the right, got running past everybody, and it's like, hey, where is everybody? Exactly. So Kostic missing was big, though. Kostic missing was big. It was bad. I think Kostic would have given you more of a, the kind of delivery where you could use your side. But the thing about Vlaovic, Vlaovic isn't just big. Vlaovic is 22. He's mobile. Yeah, He's yeah. fast. You know, you put the ball over the top, he chases it. Um, but then how do you fit those pieces together? Is yeah, it something no, you look at in the other two group games against Cameroon and Switzerland? Let's see, yeah, let's see in the, in, in the second game how they approach it. But I, I, I think that even if Stokovic thought, okay, this game is lost, and he joked, do you remember the, game, the day before the game when we said to him, oh, there would be four forwards for Brazil. Well, well, okay, we go home or something, we've lost already, blah, blah, blah. I just don't think he had enough belief in his own team before that game, and, and that, that showed. That feels very un-Serb-like to kind yeah, of give up like exactly. that. I'm, exactly. I'm dealing in stereotypes here. Exactly. Um, what I do wonder is, I mean, you're not going to drop Tadic. So are we talking about playing Mitrovic and Vlaovic together, Tadic behind, and Milinkovic-Savic deeper? Yeah, I think this, this has to be the way forward now. Then, I mean, they also have to win. You, yeah. Because you can't just... You knew this was going to be a tough first game. Of course it is. But then the next two who are winnable game, really, if they play at their best, then, I mean, Switzerland is the toughest of the two, I think, but still. So, yeah, I would do that. Going back to Brazil, um, it was interesting because I thought the, the defenders did well. You can say they didn't have much to do. Yeah. I was struck by how, how deep they stayed most of the game. We saw a little bit of Alexandro, then at one point he came inside, obviously hit the woodwork. Yeah. Danilo, I'm not sure how often he crossed right the Right at the end, I think he, ov <laughs> he overlapped at some point, but I said, well, where are you going? What's happening? Um, but that's fine. That, that, that's almost what you yeah. have to do if you're going to carry that front four yeah. plus the packet. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You still on board with the fact the packet needs to be there? I think so. And then the more defensive option is Fred coming on for him, which we saw in the second half. Um, but I think I just don't... Uh, well, okay, let me, let me go back. 
I don't think you can win the World Cup in a 4-2-4 formation with Paquette as one of the two. I just don't no. think that works. It worked today against Serbia. It might work again against Switzerland and Cameroon when you're going to face tougher opponents. I don't think it's going to work. But I like the idea. I love the idea. And they would get better as the competition progresses. Now, the game literally just finished a couple hours ago. That's why we don't want to give any false information about Neymar. Yeah. The latest that we have, um, our colleagues Nico Bayer and, and, and Mark Ogden were there in ESPN Brazil too. Um, they went down in the mid zone. I hauled my rear end here so I could do the show with exactly. you, Jules. Thank you. Um, but the latest we're hearing is he turned his ankle. Yeah. And it's going to be 24 to 48 hours where they're going to assess either the swelling comes down and he can play again. Or if it's something more serious, we yeah. may not see him again. Yeah, I mean, obviously, depending on the gravity of your sprained ankle, it could be from seven days out to more than that. I think he's definitely not going to play the next game. I would be very surprised if we see him again in the group stage, which is no problem. They will still go through. And then he can, he can play again maybe in the last 16. But we saw his face as soon as it happened. You saw his face when he came off, when he arrived on the bench. I think you saw the worry of people on the bench as well. This is not good. He's a, he's a fragile player sometimes. And this is not, it's definitely not what you wanted like that so early on. So a million dollar question, or million real question, because that's yeah. not quite that interesting. With Neymar out, how do we, if, you, if you're Chichi, do you put somebody else in Neymar's position or do you maybe tweak the formation? In other words, are you tempted to maybe put you, you put on another striker? Gabriel Jesus maybe running off of, yeah, of Richarlison? Maybe. Or do you put in Fred and move the packet forward? Yeah. Forward? Forward, maybe. I, I, like we said earlier, I don't think there's anyone in that squad as good as the squad is, as amazing as the squad is, that can do what Neymar does. Paqueta is probably the, the closest in terms of profile, maybe. And even that could be a long shot. So you change. I guess you change. The Gabriel Jesus with Charlison could be a good idea. I think Gabriel Jesus is intelligent enough to know exactly where to play and not to be too close to Richarlison or too close to Vinicius and too close to Rafinha on the other side. But it's a big blow. If really Neymar could not play the next game and again maybe the one after that, it's a huge blow because you've worked on this, you've worked on the relationship between Casemiro, Paqueta and Neymar so much in recent weeks and months that this would be like almost going back to stretch and say, okay, what do we do then? And, and it makes a big difference if Paqueta's picking up the ball deeper. Of course. As he would uh, in this formation and picking him further up where he's got, he's going to have a defensive midfielder on him. Yeah. I, I think it's a big call and I don't think it's insignificant because again, yeah, you know, this team has been together for a long time, so on, but we're still talking about a handful of games and going in a different direction in terms of chemistry for two games and then changing again for when Neymar returns, um, that's a big call you have yeah. to make. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how Chichi handles it. Uh, we're going to move on in a minute, but I got to ask you, I think we had, or I had Brazil as a favorite or yeah. among the favorites. Yeah. Did you see anything to suggest to you? Now that no. we've seen everybody once... Are they still your number one? Yeah, I mean, behind France, you mean? Yeah. Well, France behind Benzema. Okay. With, yeah, with no okay. Benzema. Okay. No? Okay. That, okay. Move to I was just saying. I was just saying. France minus Benzema is still greater than Brazil. That's what you're saying. I think that for a first game in this World Cup, playing last, with all the pressure, you said to me, the first thing you said to me after coming back from the ceremony is that it felt like we were in Brazil. So all of that, which is great, but also an extra bit of pressure. 
I think they, they got the win they wanted. Of course, they could have played better, scored more goals. They hit the woodwork, we said that twice. But I think they would be very happy with that as an opener. Then they would get right. better. They would play better. And, and yeah, of course, they still have to be the favorite. I think also, out of all the other favorites that we talked about, right, I'm just going to read the, the Yeah, the, it was the, the toughest opponents. opponent. That's what you mean. By yeah, far, right? Yeah, 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 England yeah, yeah. playing Iran. Yeah. France playing Australia. Yeah. Argentina playing Saudi yeah. and losing. Um, there's no question that yeah, this yeah, was sure. you know, Belgium playing Canada, if you want to include them. No, for sure. Germany playing Japan and losing. Yay. How about that? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. I thought this was a statement. I thought this was a tough opponent. Now it's done hand hill. If Neymar is going to get an injury that keeps him out a few games, this is the time Yeah, to better happen. now than later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, enough Brazil. How about some quick hits instead? Let's go, Gab. Japan came from behind to defeat Germany 2-1. Germany have Spain next. Are they in trouble, Jules? Oh, they're in trouble, Gab. They're in trouble. I mean, they clearly don't like a big tournaments opener because they lost this one. They lost the first one at the Euros. They lost the first one at the last World Cup as well. There's clearly something not working. Maybe you don't like playing Asian teams either because they lost to Korea last time That's around. That's very true. That's very true. I mean, they had enough chances when they were 1-0 up to win this game. There's no doubt. The XG is good. No, 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 no. No, you have to say, you have to say they created enough chances, which is true, which is true. They were in control of the first half. Mostly because the Japanese manager, and we will come to that in the next quick hit, messed things up at the beginning. I, you know this but thing, they still had enough chances. This narrative of, of, of all these chances that they created in the first half, yes. Did they have more chances? Sure. Could they have converted them? What, would, what my big concern is, Jules, between Kai Havertz and Thomas Muller, right? These are your two attacking players yeah. in the middle. One shot on goal the entire game. One shot and not on target. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's, that's an issue. I'm just saying, before I was going to the bad things, I was just saying that they still created chances, which is a good thing. The bad thing you're, is... Sorry, you're creating chances because the other team are sitting all the way back. Half your chances is people belting it from outside ah, the, the second box. half, I mean... As in the first half, I'm talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the second half, they also created chances. They had four shots on target in 20 seconds at some point. They had the post by Gundo. And so they created... I mean, I'm just saying, right. this is, which is a good thing. The bad thing, though, is what you talked about, Harvard and Muller, and Muller especially. I'm sorry, I do not see him in that team. Defensively, and if Gundogan says himself that the second goal is the easiest goal ever scored in the World Cup, which might not be completely true, there are others, but that was far too easy on a dead ball to start with. So not only you switched off, but Zule is playing Asano on side. Rudiger lifts his arm a la Tony Adams yeah. when there's no need to because yeah. and stops running. And now you're your boy Schlotterbeck. And Schlotterbeck, I mean, what is this even? Dude, you're twice his size. Come on. What are you doing? F I don't foul him hey. even if you want, but just oh. don't let him go like that, not Wait, putting um, any resistance or anything. And are we going to give Manuel Neuer a pass? No way. <laughs> Manuel Neuer was the last one. I don't know if he's playing like hide and seek behind the post. He doesn't want it because this was like just like, I'm going to make myself as small as possible. 
This was crazy. So defensively, in, even the first goal, even if they're a little bit unlucky because Mitoma's ball is deflected first and then it's the cross and then no, this is not good enough defensively, full stop. And for, just to finish before you go, for Rudiger to show both and mock, you know, oh, the yeah. Japanese players with his running, like with his high knees and stuff like that, and then to get done like that, man, karma, uh, you know what karma it, is. It's tough because I'm a big Rudiger fan. But I yeah, know, that but was like, not, come on. That, that was not his finest moment. Jules, what gets me here, we can point to those mistakes. I also want to point out that, you know, the four shots and then Gondo making those saves, fine. I could also come and tell you, Gondo also gifted them a penalty Ian, on David right. Ramp. You're right, and, that's true. And let's not forget that uh, Manuel Neuer, also probably the best save of the match, yeah. also came from Manuel Neuer. I just don't understand how these pieces fit together. Because if Musiala's out on the left, he's not going to influence the game in the same way. Yeah. Uh, I've heard people... I've heard people say, well, uh, you know, you can move Kimmich to right back. I'm like, really? You want to do that? You want to go back I mean, to the Kimmich at right back what happens situation? in midfield then? Because Goretzka is terrible. You have Gondogan, you have Goretzka, you've got Musiala, maybe. I, I don't know. Just all these people don't fit. Don't you know, know what should really worry you? I, I don't know if this is Flick being arrogant. Those three, you know, Germany's three attackers at the end of the game, right? He sends on Yusufa Makoko who turned 18 years old on the day the tournament yeah, started. two days before. Right, great right. future, but let's talk present here. Yeah, yeah. He sends on Mario Goetze, who was in the wilderness of the Eredivisie yeah. for two years. And yeah, nice comeback story at Eintracht. But seriously, yeah. after what that guy's been And then the best, the best one is the one for last. Yes, Nicholas Fulkrug, yeah. who has, I think, I think he has two more caps for Germany than you do. Yeah. 29 years old. Yeah. I, I, the other thing is, it's not so much that these guys are what they are. They're completely different from your starters. They play football completely different. Completely different. So and don't get me started on taking Musiala off, by the way. I don't know. I, I, I think, you know, Hansi. That game against Spain, about. they could be out. They could be out if they lose that game on Sunday. You know. I know. That would be, wow. that would be absolutely terrifying. And Gab, I know you're a big Japan fan, of course. And the shirt, again, I, is in tribute to this incredible win from them. Is Coach Ajime Moriasu a fool for getting his tactics wrong maybe in that first half or genius for fixing them at halftime and changing the game the way he did in the second half? I'm going to suggest he's a genius because he's got three points and Flick has zero points. Look, I don't think the tactics in the first half were... I was raging. Raging. Listen, we can talk about okay, you, you, you leave out Mitoma, you leave out um, um, Morimoto uh, sorry, not Morimoto, sorry. Um, what am I thinking of? I don't know. Liver, former Liverpool striker. Uh, Minamino? <laughs> Minamino, sorry. <laughs> you, leave out, you leave out Minamino, who played a, a yeah. big part in the second goal. Yeah. Um, and obviously Asano. But the idea of trying to hit on the counter, I think, was probably a sound, a sound idea. Mm, I'm not sure. Um, but it, you're one mistake away from being run through on goal, and then you worry about it later. But the FIFA. The fix was in the second half. He outcoached him in the second yeah, half. Moving to the back three. Yeah. By the way, shout out to Ito as well, who I thought I thought was phenomenal was. in the first it half. Was. He guy ran himself in the ground. Yeah, All yeah, the yeah. focus on the substitutes. Um, but yeah, now you've got a little bit of leeway. I want to see the better players on the pitch. I need to see Mitoma on the pitch. And I want to see them press Gab from the beginning, not just from the second half onwards. You know, yeah. they can do it. Uh, Jules. 
remember how we were all so concerned about Spain's lack of a recognized <laughs> goal scorer? Actually, not me, because I think there's no such thing. There you um, all they did was put seven past Costa Rica. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you and I could have played for Costa Rica. This is how bad they were. Uh, they had zero shot. I'm not just saying on target. They had zero shot. The la the, only the second team in, in the World Cup since 1966 and when we started, like, you know, getting Actual the data counting, and everything. Yeah. To have zero shot in a World Cup game, the last team was Costa Rica against Brazil in 1990. Here you go. That's for you, all our friends from Costa Rica. But Spain were amazing. I mean, we have to give them a lot of credit, even if the opposition was not very good. They were amazing. The way they play, Gavi and Pedri and Busquets, that front three, Danny Olmo, what a lovely, lovely first goal. That first touch, everything, the runs into the half spaces, everything they did with the ball, the movement. They, they did 1,043 passes in this whole game successfully. I mean, this is just bonkers. So well, well done to them. It's going to be tough against Germany, but as a first game, this was exceptional. Now, you never know what you get with, with Luis Enrique, right? He is the ultimate box of chocolates. But I want to take a moment as well to go back and talk about this lineup. Because you mentioned the big, big midfield, Gavi, Pedri, Busquets, fine. Yeah. But in his back four, he had Azpilicueta, not a starter at Chelsea and getting no. older, probably not a right back either. Jordi Alba, in and out of Barcelona, yeah. physical issues, blah, blah, blah. Um, Rodri, not a defender. Yeah. And Laporte, by the way, not an automatic choice for Manchester City either. Yeah. Up front, no, no, great player, yeah. but whatever. Up front, Ferran Torres, not a starter for Barcelona. Um, I'm blanking now again. What is Asensio this? and Olmo. <laughs> Danny Olmo, back after a long injury, yeah. hasn't played very much at all. Nope. And also not an automatic choice uh, uh, at club level. Yeah. I mean, that whole front. And sorry, Asensio. Oh, and, and, and Marco Sensio. Yeah, even, even more. Marco Sensio playing center forward, right? Yeah. And you can call him false nine because, but, oh, look, but still. Then you go back to what Carlos Soler said, I think, today or yesterday, to what Busquets, I think he was, or Rodri said in L'Equipe the other day. This is maybe the strongest collective. I mean, I said as a unit, collective, the way they play, not individually, not in terms of match fitness or game time with your club, but when they get together, the structure, the structure of their game, the 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 patterns of play, collectively, they are so, 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 so good. Maybe only Brazil can really compete for the, you know, the, the strongest collective here. And Brazil have better individuals. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, exactly. that's... Exactly. And what a goal from Gabi. Of course, Gabi. Gabi to Gabi. You see what I did there. The 18-year-old became the youngest World Cup goal scorer since Pelé, uh, who was 17 uh, in the history of the competition. This is pretty special. And you could see on his face that it meant a lot to him as well. It is special. What strikes me about Gavi is the level of responsibility that between Barcelona and Spain that they have put on his shoulders, right? So these are coaches who, you know, Xavi obviously was a young prodigy. Luis Enrique, not quite as young a prodigy, but they're around him all the time. They know his personality. Yeah. They know... This guy can handle it. This other guy will burn out. I don't know what Gavi has for breakfast or what his personality is like. And well, we see a little bit with Pedri as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But man, this and, is unbelievable what we're seeing. What's even more amazing is that his season with Barca hasn't been as good, for example, as last one. No. He's been a bit up and down, in and out of the team too. For him to come to the World Cup, and we talked about nerves earlier and how difficult the first game is to kind of deal with. Man, I, again, I know the opposition was bad, but still, it was just, wow. Hey, honestly, this Spain-Germany game, I'm going to be there I on Sunday. Wait. I wish I was epic. there with you. 
I wish I was there with you. Cristiano may be unemployed at club level, but Jules, that only means more energy to focus yes. on Portugal. He won and converted the penalty that sent them on their way to a 3-2 win over Ghana. He is the first person to score in wow. five different World Cups. Well Thank done. You. I know. Look, a big well done. I mean, let's come on. We've criticized and stuff, but that is special. That's incredible. Um, but Jules, Ghana came very close to equalizing at the end. Got back into the game. You're going to blame Fernando Santos again. I mean, even Fernando Santos himself, when, when he was asked, like, what happened in the last 10 minutes? Why did you crumble like that? He said, well, I don't know. I can't explain it. Okay, please find an answer for me because... That was okay against Ghana, and if Iñaki Williams sneakily goes at the end, yeah. at the end the basically Diogo Costa put the ball on the floor to kick it long. Iñaki is behind. Diogo Costa doesn't know. Iñaki comes in and just slips when he was about to turn and score in the empty net. That goes 3-3, and then this is a catastrophe because Ghana were not good at all. Not good at all. No. That back five doesn't work. I'm not really sure what Otoado tried to do there, but that didn't work. And Portugal thought they had that game in control. And then considered the first goal to start with. Massive mistake. The second goal that they considered later when they went 3-1 up. Joao Cancelo, I'm not really sure what he's doing there. So there, there is some worries in this Portugal performance. There's also some positives, of course. Shout out to Joao Felix. Joao nice Felix, finish. very nice finish. Bruno Fernandes, great ball for Rafael Leo, who I don't understand why he's not starting here. This really worries me Do now. Do to explain it to you? Please. Because if you start him, you have to drop somebody. Uh, and and unless you drop, drop Leo, then... You can drop Otavio? No, because he works and runs. He works hard and So runs. then who else, who else could you drop? You're not going right. to drop Bernardo, are you? I You're not going to drop Bruno. has to start in that team. They need that pace. But anyway, it's good to start with a win and Cristiano scoring. And they move on now. Belgium get a major scare against Canada, who missed an early penalty, Alfonso Davies. But eventually, they prevailed 1-0. Gab, what did you make of it? And what did you make of Kevin De Bruyne's Man of the Merch Award? Okay, so first and foremost, I, I, am, I agree 100% with Kevin De Bruyne when he says, I don't know why they gave it to me. Maybe I'm <laughs> I was the most good. famous player on the team. I, I don't know. Good. Man yeah. of the Match Award, if you have to give it to a winner, has to go to my man Thibaut Courtois. Of the king you know, of pens. Exactly, saving the penalty. Uh, but my thoughts on Canada, I mean... Victor Montagnani had told us that yeah. Canada are a bit special. Wow. I mean, Talk wow. about going out there, going for the jugular, Complete. fearlessness. I don't know that they – well, they could have had three penalties. I don't know if they should yeah. have had three penalties. Should have had two. Two for sure. I thought. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. And absolute fearlessness. And I look at these guys, again, as individuals. I don't want to get in trouble with some people when I say, oh, this guy's not that good because you know, he's not a household name. A lot of these guys, right? Jonathan David is a superstar. Yeah, David. Alfonso Davis, of course, but some of these, uh, some of these other guys, no, they just play like superstars on the day. I mean, my boy Ustakio. I think that's hey. Steven Ustakio, and I tweeted that, and I've watched him for Porto all season long. I think he's 25. He's a phenomenal talent. I really do. And that other bust, guy, the right back as well? He putting in the shift? The, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, Johnston, yeah, they, they, they were very good. Uh, I was there at the game. It was cruel for them to lose that way, but there was so much positive. They had the lap of, they did the lap of honor at the end. They had so many fans. It was, an, it was really good atmosphere from the Canadian point of view. I wish they got a better um, score and results. But they would have learned a lot from what happened in that game. And you sure. could build on this. Yeah, you could definitely, definitely build on it. Jules, uh, sticking with Canada, you're better versed in this subject than I am. <laughs> Alfonso Davies missed the penalty. Canada took to the pitch to start it from the bottom. Yeah. Um, is it the Drake curse? 
So the song goes, we started from the bottom, now we're here, as in like, you know, we mm. went all from the bottom to the top, which sums, sums that adventure pretty well. You know, yeah. I don't think two years ago they thought they could make it, not in the World Cup, playing really well. The problem is that every time Drake either wears a shirt from a club, the club loses. And in this case, it was the song, but a year ago he had a photo with Alfonso Davis and a Davis shirt. So that, that resurfaced and then on injured, social yeah. media. <laughs> so, yeah, you don't want Drake to be... A, I mean, we all love Drake, but you don't want Drake associated with your club because that often means that after that, you just don't win. Sorry, Drake. Is Drake in your top three of Canadian recording artists of Ooh, all time? Oh, it has to be. It yeah. has to be. I mean, oh. I only know another one, Justin Bieber, and then that, can you help me with Is the Justin third? Justin Bieber, Canadian? Celine Dion? Oh, my Brian God. Brian Adams? Celine Dion. Yeah. Here we go. Celine Dion, Justin Bieber, and Drake. Just pick, pick the order. No, I'm not, I need some Brian Adams, nah. and maybe even some Leonard Cohen in there. Oh, well. Brian Adams. Here we go. Tons of Canada content tonight, Gab, because we've got another one here. What did you make of John Herdsman's uh, F Croatia speech after that game against Belgium? So I love the fact that, so John Herdman's English, right? We both live in England. Yeah. We know people in England have no problem swearing the F word, the C word. They call it industrial language. Yeah. <laughs> I love the fact that maybe but Canadians are nicer, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe he's like, oh, I'm in Canada now. Maybe I need to say F Croatia instead. Yeah. Um, Didn't want to say it. I well, mean, we all understood. He owned it. Uh, if Croatia cares about this, this is bulletin board material for them, so I'd be careful with that. Yeah. But a fun fact about John Herdman that Go I learned on. today. Did you know that he got into a lot of trouble when he was 17 years old? No. Why? <laughs> he got into a plane and he said that he had a bomb in his luggage. Why would you do that? Which is one of the stupidest things you can yeah, do. Yeah. But yeah, you know John? what? At 17, we've all done very, yeah, very foolish things. things. I, I'm not going to ask you right now, but no, maybe one day not. I will. Okay. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, it's funny. So redemption story, <laughs> John Herdman. Well done. Um, speaking of Croatia, they didn't go beyond a scoreless draw with Morocco, Jules. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, I'm sorry. I love Morocco, as you know, and they, I think they've got some real talented players. I love Croatia too, and Luka Modric. This was not a good game. This was not a good game at all. It was, I think, one of the worst games of this tournament so far. Uh, there just was not enough from Croatia. There was not enough from Morocco, who I think would be happier with that draw than Croatia should be. And I guess you move on very quickly to the next game. But in terms of what you can offer with the ball, this was way underwhelming from Croatia. From yeah. a professional point of view. No, I, I really, really bad. Not what you expect from... Definitely not. Especially Zlatko Dalic, the, 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 the whole chest pounding and stuff. Yeah, no, you expect on. more. Not good enough. Nil-nil also between Uruguay and South Korea, Gab. Though Fede Valverde and Diego, God Diego Godin, sorry, both hit the woodwork. Yeah, one at the beginning, one at the end. Yeah, the, the, the old and the new. How about that? Um, yeah, you knew Valverde when he leathered it. You thought it was going to go in. Yeah, yeah. I really liked what I saw from Uruguay. I thought they had the upper hand... Um, over, over, over Korea in, in, in a lot of part of the game. Did uh, you? They're not. Not when Rui Suarez was on the pitch, though, because that was no. dreadful. No. <laughs> Suarez, not his best game. Wow. Uh, I was surprised. Back I was kind of surprised he didn't bring on uh, Cavani sooner, to be honest. Um, but also, Darwin Nunez, I think things got better when he moved a little more central. With Cavani, yeah. He's difficult. He's awkward and difficult. To play against more Absolutely. than being brilliant at this phase of his career, yeah. but I think if you're if you're Uruguay, you take the draw with a little bit of regret. You regret it more. There's than that big the chance Korea. for South Korea at the end of that first half. That one just blast because he's 
leaning backwards He's and off balance. What did you teach? What do you teach the kids when you're small and you start football? Never lean backwards when you take a shot. Otherwise, the ball is going to go all the way up there. <laughs> Switzerland, meanwhile, get all three points against Cameroon. But Jules, I thought the indomitable Lions yeah, did rather well, at least in the good. first half. Especially in the first half, you're right, Gab. They what did a well. stupid the goal actions. to concede. I know. What's Nkulu doing? Where's he looking? I know, but I think he's behind him as well. There was just they were a bit all over the place defensively. It's a great ball by Chaka to break the line, and then he goes from Freuler to Shakiri, the cross for Mbolo. Um, it was a nice goal. They, they, they built it up well. However, from a Cameroon point of view, when you know that one of the characteristics, I guess, is to be aggressive, is to be solid and physical, they just didn't do it enough in that game. And it's a shame because, because there was something for them, even just a point, but there was something for them in that game. Yeah, sure. I, I feel that, that, that they're going to regret it. And yeah, look, I, I feel for my friends, and I say this was a compliment to, to my friends north of the border, but... Um, this is a very Switzerland-type win, yes, I feel. Yes, it is, it is, it is. And by the way, Gabriel Mbolo, who scored the only goal in the game, uh, the Switzerland goal, did not celebrate. Uh, he was obviously born in Cameroon, so this is a big part of his life. You must be okay with that, right? 100%. It was very powerful, I thought, even the way, you know, he, he, he did it. Yeah, just 100%. I think this is great. I think, I mean, look, it's, it's 2022, right? We have people who are eligible for multiple yeah. countries. We have yeah, people yeah, yeah. who have different allegiances. Yeah, it's not like... children to start with. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> not the children we have together, no, of course. Together. No, no not, not those ones. Um, <laughs> you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> I, I don't see what the issue is here. He does yeah. his job. He loves Switzerland. He loves Cameroon. Yeah. You know what? He can be 100% Swiss and 100% Cameroonian. Yeah, yeah. This is the re this is the world we live in exactly, right now. Exactly. The French Minister of Sports, who I believe, covered herself in glory. Again, um, it's not the first time she did that. <laughs> following the Champions League final, yeah. has urged the national team players to make their voices heard in Qatar. Jules, Matteo Guendouzi, of all people, had an answer for her. Yeah, he was today up for his press conference, which was very interesting, and he said, "She's a politician; she can say what she wants." But we did our bit, and I just don't I don't know why she gets involved. It was on social media as well which I'm not really sure this is the place for that kind of message right now. Uh, and I think all the players, it was Gendouzi's voice today because he was there with us. But all the guys were like, what? Why, why is she talking about? Let's us, let us do our own World Cup. If we want to protest, we will do it. If we want to, to, to do something similar to what the Germans did, we can do it. They put a statement out explaining what they were. Now they want to focus on the football. So be it. I just don't know why she was like, she felt it was a good idea to interfere like that. Can I give a shout out to Matteo Gendouzi because he's not one of my favorite players when he was at yeah. Arsenal, the big, big hair, going around <laughs> fighting people. Then obviously he had the big falling out with the club and everything. But he's matured a little bit in, in Marseille, yeah? yeah he's he's, he's so, behaving. Yeah. And he had, a, he had a, a son as well, which I think helped oh. for that maturity and maybe a different perception. He wouldn't be the obvious choice of the guy you send out to talk to the press. But, no, but everybody you know. has to go, so right. we just turned him and Marcus Thuram, and that was it. Tomorrow, we, I mean, tomorrow is the captain, but yeah, you know, right. like it was like sure. Just to go back on Germany, Gab, because we, we, we mentioned slight already a little bit the protest from the players, uh, but they covered their mouth for that team photo. What did you make of it? Did you, did you find it powerful? Powerful, perfect. Don't you? You make a statement without violating the rules. People know exactly what you're talking about. That photo will go down in history. It'll be a trivia question in yeah, yeah. you know 20 years. Absolutely perfect. You know, big applause yeah, for the Germans. Well done, well this done. is how you do it. Yeah, exactly. However, I don't think the Dutch will be following Germany's lead here. Uh, Jules, at least not if Louis van Gaal has something to say about it. 
Uh, it's pretty incredible what he said. Yeah, I mean, he was up for his press conference, obviously, today, uh, where he also hugged a journalist who said that he liked him, which was very strange. Uh, towards the end of the, the the press conference. Isn't it when you get old, you can do whatever you want, and people think it's sweet. Whereas if you do this stuff when you're younger, you think, what a weirdo, right? I know, exactly. And I, I just don't... Th what bugs me the most is that we all here in, in, in Doha, Germany just did this. I think it was applauded by pretty much everyone. Just show your support. Like, I know I know this is not your country, and I know you don't have to, feel, you know, to, to be supportive or anything. But come on. But it felt like he was implying that this is why they lost to Japan. I'm like, what, like, what are you talking about? It was about? completely stupid. And it was just like, it's not the first time where he should have shush. I think this, <laughs> but this time, Louis, come on, please, man. Rob Dawson and others are reporting uh, that the Glazers value Manchester United at six billion pounds. That's six billions, not millions. Uh, Gab, does that make sense to you? And I mean, we've had Jim Radcliffe, investors in Dubai, and even Apple being linked with possible buyers yeah i don't know about this this apple thing yeah I mean, um yeah, six like billions I, I six billion that would be what like two and a half times what chelsea went for obviously a bigger brand the question is yeah. is it, and a lot of people felt the chelsea price was vastly inflated um i think united's market cap is Obviously, the price has gone up with the with the announcement of the sale, but it's, I think it's round about between 2.5 and 3 billion, something yeah. like that. So this sounds like a lot of money. Obviously, people are gonna, you know, it's worth what people, as the cliche goes, what people pay for it. But how you spend six billion on it and then get a return, I don't know. That's kind of beyond me. But you know, maybe the kind of thing you yeah, quote yeah. six billion to get four billion, and then you're happy. Exactly, right? probably. Four scoreless draws already in the Ooh, World I Cup draws. Like this feels like a lot. Four times as many as we had at this point, yeah. I think, in Russia. Any clever theories why? Uh, right. So I don't know if it's clever, but I don't buy the uh, fatigue theory to start with. No. I mean, some of those players haven't played for two weeks. They're not going to be tired now playing no. playing this tournament. Plus, they're in shape because it's mid-season. Yeah, they're in shape, even if they've played quite a lot before with their club. I don't, I don't think, for me, that plays a part. I think first, f first games of a group stage in a tournament are difficult to handle sometimes for some teams, for some players. It's, it's, ner it's nervosity, it's, it's just for some who've never played at that kind of, in that kind of competition, it's, it's huge. So maybe there's a bit of that. I think some teams are not very good, to be fair. And, and I think didn't play well at all. And Thank you for not bringing up the heat. Oh, yeah, no, come on. Because no, I, no. I, I, I hear people who aren't here still, oh, Surely what about not. the heat? Come Surely on, man, come yes, on. Come on now. But I just, I just don't like, right. I mean, no one does. Uh, we saw good nil-nil draw, like the Uruguay-South Korea. Yeah. I think that was a good nil-nil draw. But no, some were some not good nil-nil draws. Yeah, exactly. Hey, look, let's make it very simple. Sample size. Yeah. That's all it yeah, is. Exactly. Major movement at Liverpool, Gab, because Julian Ward is leaving his position as a sporting director just six months after replacing Michael Edwards. And... Uh, sorry, and analytics guru Ian Graham is leaving too. What's going on? Everybody's leaving. You could look at this and say, oh, they're all leaving just as they put the club up for, for, for sale. People yeah. have read a lot of things in it. Julian Ward, by the way, he replaced Michael Edwards, but he was part of Michael Edwards' team, so he kind of moved Before, up. Before, yeah. Um, it's odd. People are going to speculate. People are going to speculate perhaps a bit about his relationship with Jurgen Klopp. People are going to speculate. But what else could it be? Six months in, Gab. You don't leave after six months Maybe after he being there before. This was surely the promotion that he wanted. We heard him, remember, at the Stadsbomb uh, conference, I think, yeah. last year. Very interesting about the Firmino deal. Clearly, so his own element. Graham. 
It wasn't Julian Ward we oh, saw. Oh, sorry, it was Ian Graham, yeah. but who's still living? I mean, yeah. I don't know. Surely it's got something to do with club, no? It's, uh, I mean, it's hard to tell. I, yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. going to depend, too, on maybe changes further up, further up the food chain is, you know, it, the sale part or the other, inv- we don't know that they're going to sell the whole club or get other investors. I think Mike Gordon played a big role there, yeah. which maybe now his role is somewhat diminished. He's got other things going on. Um, I find it hard to believe from the outside that this is somebody saying, oh, well, I want to be Klopp's boss or I want to be equal with Klopp and now I can't be, so I'm leaving. I, I would find that yeah, no, I agree very strange. I agree too, to be fair. I agree too. But then I also find it strange that Michael Edwards doesn't have a job yet. That's bizarro too, right? Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. He still hasn't found a club. Harry Kane had a scan on his ankle, but he got the all clear and will play against the USA. Why did everyone freak out over this? I don't know. I mean, it was clearly nothing. I just, don't, I just don't understand where he came from. That everybody, like, all the press back from England was just like, "Oh my God! Imagine he's out for the World Cup." Well, okay, maybe he was slightly swollen. They did a scan. Yeah. Not, there was absolutely nothing in the scan. He trained normally, even yesterday and today. He will play tomorrow. Obviously against the USA, and and I think we see it. Hurricane, at his best. You know, there's, there's no worries to not him. a Neymar situation. Let's Definitely not a Neymar situation. I don't think he particularly cares. But Cristiano Ronaldo was fined fifty thousand pounds, Gab, and suspended for two matches for the incident at Everton. Remember, last I mean, you know, at the start of the year. I mean, come on, how long did it take them? I, I don't know. This, this, is, this is shameful. For those who don't remember, this is the incident where he was walking off the pitch. Uh, just like this kid that, that put his phone out. Uh, he slapped the phone out of his hand. Turns out the kid, um, I believe, was, was uh, at learning differences. Yeah, I think it might have been autistic or something. Yeah. Ronaldo apologized for it, invited the kid to, to you know, I've, I don't have an issue with him being found 50,000 pounds. That's nothing for him. Uh, the suspension for two matches that he's not I mean, in the Premier League. Yeah, yes. that's fine. I just want to know why did it take so long to come up with a decision? Why leave all this uncertainty? And just and just as he's had left United, then suddenly they this suspension and final appears. I, I, I love appears. I was like, what? Yeah, you know, the FA should come out and oh explain why it took so long. The issue was to explaining their decision. That's crazy. Jules, it's been a while since I asked you about our buddy John Texter. Yeah, that's and right. And his takeover of Leon. Feels appropriate to ask you again. Yes. Multi-club man. Multi-club man that, well, it's not done yet, Gab. And they're wondering, they're st- well, they're starting to wonder what is going on. Because I think the first deadline, if I'm not mistaken, was September 30th. Then we were all told, don't worry, it's no more. It will be October 17th. Okay, October, October 17th was quickly arriving. And then we were, he- we were hearing that he doesn't have the funds, that he's looking for someone else to be part of the consortium to get the 700 million euros to buy the club. And now, what Wait, is it? Todd Bowley's into multi-club ownership. Why doesn't he... My God. Why doesn't he team up with Dexter? Let's get John and Todd together exactly. to there's buy Olympic Lyonnais. You know what? Uh, there's a lot of fans right now Olympic Lyonnais. You want to believe what the club says, of course, and John Dexter people are saying, but you can also see why some are getting a bit anxious here, you know? England fans dressed as crusaders, yeah, that's the thing, have been altered by securities and asked to change their outfits. Gab, can you see why? Can you explain why? Okay, so first of all, the risk is sounding like a grumpy curmudgeon, right? Uh, in my world, you do not wear a costume when you go to a football match. Now, I associate... Yeah, that's the I, star with the... Yeah, I, my it. heart is in club... I love the World Cup. My heart's in club football. If you do this at a, at a club football game, 
people think you are an absolute freak. Yes, right? you are. Uh, and you basically are. For some reason, with the national team, I, some of it is cultural. We saw Brazil painted faces, funny wigs. I can deal with that. I can deal with vuvuzelas. Yeah, I, I, I can deal with the big glasses, the hats. Yeah. Fine, right? But you can't do something. You show up, what, you dress like a crusade. I mean, what, what, Surely, what is it? You, first, so, you learn what it means, right? Yeah. Leaving aside that clearly we're in a Muslim country and that is absolutely loaded. And, yeah. you know, I, I don't want. Somebody dressed like Saladin showing up with a with a scimitar at Wembley. Yeah. It's just stupid, right? Let's let's not go through all this. I mean, I, I don't want somebody dressed in a Nazi uniform. No. Ha ha ha! Isn't it funny? Supporting Germany, they don't do that, right? No. So why you have to go and be culturally insensitive like this is just simply beyond me. Yeah. This is a new thing that started. Also, what about you learn your history? And by the way, I say this: the Crusaders. Uh, yeah, I'm sure they came from England when it was all part of the thing, but <laughs> the Crusades were my people in Italy. Yeah. Us papists, the Pope freeing lands that had been taken over by Arabs, supposedly, and then and, 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 and going for the Holy Land. It's got very little to do with weirdos dressing Completely. up with those stupid hats and the sword. Just leave it. Completely. Don't wear a freaking costume when you go to a football match. I know. I, I know. mean, I, no matter, I don't care how much I you want to be know. on TV. I know. Sorry, it just really annoys me. <laughs> <laughs> More Cristiano fun jewels. Yes. There's supposedly a massive offer on the table from wow. Al Nasser in Saudi Arabia, who yeah. are not the same people who made the big offer before, or are they? No, I don't think they are. I don't yeah. think they are. Remember last summer, they had this incredibly high $240 million uh, of an offer over two years or something like that. Crazy. Although I think it was two years with playing football, and, and also in his spare time, he would be on live golf, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounded like it was that much money that yeah, you you, you could easily see that happening. Maybe he'll replace Greg Norman as CEO of the Live Golf Tour. Oh my God, he might. He's probably be. more qualified. I don't know. He's more handsome is, than is Greg Norman. Does he play golf? I don't think so. I don't think he does, but he's more handsome than yeah. Greg Norman. Yeah. He's probably taller than Greg Norman. He he's a nicer person than Greg Norman. Yeah. I mean, I sorry, Greg Norman. I don't like you. There's something in there. Yeah. There's something in there. Maybe I don't know if he's interested right now. No. In going to Saudi Arabia, uh, uh, to yeah, Saudi Arabia, I, I don't think so. I don't think so either. But right now, Who knows? if it's true, this is the first offer on the table. At least there's an offer. This is a benchmark. There was no offer yesterday. There's, a, there's an offer. Pep Guardiola's extension uh, at Manchester City is now official, Gab, just like we told you two days ago. It's amazing, huh? You, why, you say you something. You, you would almost think that football clubs pay people to go and like, hey guys, hey. tell the media, but you know, you can't quote us that this is happening, and then we put out a release 24 hours later yeah. so you get your story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 it's obvious. We talked about this on the other day. It's obvious, it's a good choice. I, you know, he's gonna leave when he wants to leave. Right choice, good news for City, good news for Pep. Yeah, Jules, this brings us to an end, but we gotta come back. Of course, the World Cup is in full back. swing. We're gonna oh, have verdicts. By the time we next speak to you, Germany could be out of the World oh, Cup. How about that? Incredible. Wouldn't that be disappointing? Yeah. All right, until then, love the game, love your neighbor, love yourself. <laughs>